Hi, I'm Claire Nichols, and welcome to this bonus episode of The Book Show with a Miles Franklin theme this time. Sarah Lestrange is here with me. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Claire. You and I have been collecting interviews with each of this year's shortlisted writers for the Miles Franklin Literary Award, and the first one off the rank is Gregory Day. Yeah, he's a writer, he's a poet, he's a musician. He's written five novels and he has a real fixation on the environment, particularly Victoria's southern coastline where he lives. Now, he's been nominated for his book, A Sand Archive, which continues this theme. In part, this book is about the construction of the Great Ocean Road. Okay. So what happens in the story? Well, we start in present-day Geelong in a second-hand bookshop where our unnamed narrator finds a small book by the engineer F.B. Herschel. It's called The Great Ocean Road, Dune Stabilisation and Other Engineering Difficulties. <laughs> what a ripper. I <laughs> know, uh, but he really loves this book. He eventually meets F.B. Herschel himself and we get to follow F.B. Francis's story. Uh, I asked Gregory Day to tell me more. As the narrator says in the book, there's something in the atmosphere of the book, almost between the words and between the lines that weaves a bit of a spell around him and it's meant to be a technical kind of scientific geological engineering manual but he keeps feeling these hints of the poetic in there as well. Um, They're not, you know, they're not sledgehammering him or anything like that and that is why they have the quiet power they do. So it's, it's as much a mystery to him as it is to any reader of the novel, and that's kind of what sets him going on his quest to find out more, I think. So F.B. Herschel goes to France to learn more about dunes and stabilising dunes, and you yeah. you make him land there in May 1968, this time of revolution. Why drop yeah. your character into this period of history? Well, actually, the novel is based on um, someone I did know, um, who I became friendly with later in his life and to whom this kind of happened. I mean, just the the furniture of the novel was triggered by his life and that he came from the very kind of small part of the state country that I come from and found himself in Paris in the late 60s studying sand dune stabilisation. And it did happen to be, you know, this philosophical crisis and this where millions of people, you know, just said no to the French state. And at that time, um, I mean, it's been, 68 has been talked about in so many ways, so many philosophical ways, so many political ways, but the way I, the more I looked into it, and I've been interested in it for years, I think it's got a lot to do, the whole crisis, despite the, you know, number of issues involved, for me, through the lens of our kind of time now, I really see it as um, a crisis of an imbalance between nature and culture and the way the grid of culture had been placed upon the more analogue, organic and fluid forms of nature and that nature being human nature as well. And so the youth in the Sorbonne and around France at the time had had enough and felt constricted to an extent that they had to do something about it. And the motifs in the book in relation to sand, in relation to the cobblestones of Paris, the famous graffiti phrase that was written in 68, sous le pave, le plage, under the cobblestones lies the beach. 
all worked specifically to that and to that character and what he had to discover, um, not only about sand, but about sand as a motif when he went over there. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit overwhelmed by it all, I feel. It's lucky that he meets Mathilde, uh, yeah. a, a woman there. She she challenges and changes him. Can you introduce me to Mathilde? Yeah, yeah well Mathilde is a student um who's from um the Atlantic coast, um, whose parents were strong and militant members of the resistance, French resistance in the Second World War who on her mother's side has um, connection to the Algerian independence movement and who finds herself studying in Paris in this at this time and who becomes very involved in the rebellion. But she is in an urban situation and she is almost against her own political intellect, also feeling kind of nostalgic for her home down there on the Atlantic coast. And so she finds herself going to this exhibition, which is on in Paris at that time, of the paintings of Pierre Mondrian, who we know, of course, for his primary colour grids. But before that, in his transition from being a figurative painter to an abstract painter, he did a series of paintings of sand dunes. And she, Mathilde, in this conflicted state she's in, finds herself going back to this exhibition, even in the midst of the May riots, and finding some kind of solace with these paintings of sand dunes which kind of remind her of her home. So she's got this internal battle going on. And it's in that exhibition that she meets F.B. Herschel, who's at the exhibition, taken there by his professor, to look at cultural representations of sand and sand dunes. And he meets her, and through her um, involvement in the... May Uprising, he's immediately thrown into the kind of more of it, if you like, and all his kind of reasonably complacent political attitudes coming from white Australia begin to be challenged at the same time as he kind of falls in love with her. But he's he's at the one time intellectually thrilled and emotionally um, at sea. Matilde is one of the main characters in the book and and, uh, she represents a type of femininity, I suppose, that he had not come across in Australia, whereby a woman might leave you not because she'd fallen in love with some other man, not because she didn't like you, but because she could leave you for a political reason, you know, which in Australia in the 60s was perhaps more unlikely. I think you mentioned in the book the 60s probably didn't get to Australia until the 70s. Yeah, well, that's right. That's that's right. There is a transient delay there. <laughs> Greg, Gregory, I'm fascinated in your fascination with the Great Ocean Road because I know this is no. not the first time you've written about this. You've actually got a whole album of music about it. Why your fixation on this part of Australia? Oh, look, Claire, my, all my novels are set there. I live there. My family's been in that area since 1841. And for me, it's my kind of live screen, if you like. Um, I'm really a place writer, a uh, everything, all my ideas and my kind of ignition for writing and for music all comes from that that place. That It's a very small part of the world which I'm actually dealing with. But what I do understand about it is that it's like, like any local writing, whether it be, I mean, Homer was a local writer. John McGahn in Ireland was a local writer. Arundhati Roy is a local writer. But the, the best local writers are writing about universal things and they're connecting up 
the kind of dialect of their own region, if you like, and translating it into a story which hopefully can be read anywhere. Um, so it's no, I don't see it in any way as a limitation and I, I'm kind of committed to a body of work which I see really even five novels in and five records in and all that uh, is just just getting going really. Um, it's like building a map and, of course, in Australia because of the history and the violent history in the Western District of Victoria and throughout, there's so much to do and there's so much to attend to. And it's so beautiful too. See, that's the thing. It's not... It's, it's just a singing as well for me. Good luck to Gregory Day, one of the six shortlisted writers for this year's Miles Franklin Literary Award. And make sure you check out the Book Show podcast feed for interviews with all of the other shortlisted writers. And, of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Please do do that. I'm Claire Nichols, and as I mentioned earlier, Gregory Day is a musician who has actually written a whole album of songs about the Great Ocean Road. This is The Same Sea. Someday... When I'm looking at the same sea On the veranda here With Flav, my love, and a gin tea Well, I'm reminded of How many types there were on the road Even Mr. Goddard Who went on To become an MHR Would dig with us Once he'd attended to The plans and wires That seemed constantly To be coming from Geelong 